Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing through the book of Daniel, and we're up to the fifth chapter now. So we're, we're done with Nebuchadnezzar and his dream that we saw in the fourth chapter there. But we're not done with Nebuchadnezzar quite yet, okay, because his lineage carries on. In the fifth chapter, we have an account here that is very familiar. Um, if you have any uh, experience in growing up in a church or a religious background or something, or even in the world, the world uh, uses this as an example. It used to phraseology from it has entered into our lexicon. And so... Um, but there's a lot more to this story, as often the case. So in the fifth chapter, the first verse, we read this. Belshazzar, the king, held a great feast for a thousand of his nobles, and he was drinking wine in the presence of the thousands. So all of a sudden, we just we just introduce this guy's name is Belshazzar. We don't know who he is. We just he's just described as the king. Now remember, in Daniel, the first six chapters of Daniel gives uh, a chronology of the life of Daniel, and it does it by uh, just giving vignettes, different things that happened in his life, different events that occurred. Then the last six chapters, 7 through 12, are dreams and visions that Daniel had. And so by definitions, chapters 7 through 12 would have to have occurred chronologically within the confines of chapters 1 through 6, in other words, in the life of Daniel. So chapter 5 is an event that happened in the life of Daniel, but it starts off with Belshazzar. Well, who is this Belshazzar? Well, we're about to find out in just a moment. But we see that he's the king, and he's given a great feast for a thousand of his nobles. So they're having a big party, and there's a thousand nobles here, which means that there are thousands of people, because you would have had thousands of nobles, you would have had thousands of women. You would have had servants. You would have had slaves, etc. And so they're having this great feast. Belshazzar is drinking wine in the presence of the thousand. Verse 2. When Belshazzar tasted the wine, he gave orders to bring the gold and silver vessels which Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem so that the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Well, so you see who's here now. It's the king, it's his thousand nobles, it's the wives, okay, of the king, his wife, and his concubines. And he wanted to drink from the gold and silver vessels which Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem. Remember that? When Nebuchadnezzar besieged Jerusalem, that he took the gold and silver vessels from the temple at the same time that he took Daniel. So we see something here that Belshazzar, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, is his father. Now, there is debate in academia as to exactly who Belshazzar is. More than likely, now hear me careful, I'm not going to fight with anybody over this, I'm not going to argue with folks over it. More than likely, Belshazzar is the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. And this is very common. Okay, very common within societies that Nebuchadnezzar would have been described as his father. We in the Western world will call it a great a grandfather, a great grandfather, and you really don't see that type of phraseology in um, 
in the Hebrew mindset. You don't see that at all. He was just considered to be a father. Okay, another generation removed, but a father. So more than likely, it's Nebuchadnezzar is his grandfather. It doesn't really matter to the story, though it does clarify a couple things when we get further along in the account, which we will in a couple episodes, okay? So Belshazzar is throwing a big party, and he's putting on the wrist, folks. He's putting on the show. He's going to do something now, which nobody had done before. Even Nebuchadnezzar had never gotten the gold and silver vessels and had drunk from them. Remember these gold and silver vessels Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem, and then Nebuchadnezzar placed them before his God, okay? Before his God at that time. After what we've seen in verse 4, we, I think his God has, has sort of changed. <laughs> I mean, chapter 4. Now, verse 3 says this. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God, which was in Jerusalem. So it clarifies which temple, which gold uh, vessels. And the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, drank from them. So what are they doing? They're having a drunken party. Okay? They're putting on a show for one another. But they're also putting on a show before the powers within the heavenly realm, within the unseen realm. They are defying the most high God by doing this. Not because God said, you shall not drink from my gold vessels. No, 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 no. But because of the heart with which they were doing things. But then verse 4 tells us they were doing something even more. They drank the wine and praised the God of gold and silver of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. (laughs) So they're drinking the wine, and they're drinking from the vessels that have been dedicated to the Most High God. And they're doing it, showing that, hey, we have defeated this Most High God. Because look, we're using his goblets right now. Not only that, they're praising the gods, note the plural, okay? They're praising the gods, of gold, of silver, of bronze, of iron, wood, and stone. So they're praising the pagan gods. So here's thousands of people, and here they are drunk, and here they are praising the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. And you say, well, people don't do that today. Oh, yeah, they do. (laughs) Yeah, they do. They praise the god of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Just look how they live. Look what they worship. And the worship is what? What do they give attention and adoration to? What do they give time to? What do they give resources to? What do they give their life to? Well, you see that real quick. That's exactly what happened. You say, well, they don't get drunk and don't do this. Yeah, they do. I dare say that even within the organizational church and within religion, you see the same thing. They're drunk on their own power, okay? And they're drunk, and they give and they worship their own gods, or the god of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. So often we associate the church with exactly these things, with a building, with a structure. I just saw where a major cult. This was a, a news article came out yesterday. A major worldwide cult. It's not a Christian cult. People, a lot of people think it is Christian, but it's not. It's not. They have a hundred, one hundred billion dollar uh, secret account just stashed away that they, uh, when they take money in to help the poor and the needy, <laughs> this is where the money's been going. 
Well, I guess they're stashing up when they encounter a lot of really poor and a lot of really needy, right? <coughs> so here they are, drunken thing. Now, let me read one more verse. And if you don't know by now, you probably know what's going on here, what this account is, but you'll know now. Daniel chapter 5, verse 5. Suddenly, the fingers of a man's hand emerged and began writing opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the back of the hand that did the writing. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, on this plaster wall, a hand appeared. And the hand started writing on the wall. And the king saw it. You know, even the world acknowledges the phrase, the handwriting on the wall. Right? That type of thing. Well, we're going to have to stop right here because our time is up. But just imagine the response of the king. We really don't have to imagine. We're going to see the next verse. And the response of all the people in this drunken party when they saw a hand and all of a sudden letters appearing on the wall. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. And I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.